On this episode of Long Riders Radio, we're going to talk with Joel Tolbert, author of the Bubbler GPS app and the new Centers app. Justin here. Hope you're having a good uh, end of October, beginning of November. Uh, the weather around here has certainly gone to hell. So I'm uh, as I'm recording this, uh, there's a nice storm going through this area. So if you hear some pattering on the windows behind me, you'll know why. Uh, first off, I want to thank everyone who contributed on the Patreon page. Uh, we are about halfway to the goal of never again having an ad on the Longriders Radio website. That'll be pretty awesome. Um, that'll... D- goes a long way towards help me paying for the uh, website and maintaining all the domain and everything like that so thank you very much to those who've contributed if you're interested in contributing just go to patreon.com slash longriders radio or go to longriders radio and click on the link that says support longriders radio and i absolutely appreciate each and every penny uh, you guys contribute thank you very much on this episode we're going to talk to joel tolbert uh, of bubbler gps get to know him get to know a little bit about what it's like to put an app out there and uh and what all it takes so without further ado here's joel on the line tonight we got joel tolbert who's gonna talk to us about uh his new centers uh, app that he's got coming out on android or has actually come out on android and he's also you probably recognize him from bubbler gps and from uh from the BMR uh, app, if you're uh, if you're doing the BMR rally, um, so Joel, welcome to Long Riders Radio. Hey Justin, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. So, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started here? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I have been doing apps, I guess, for a, a couple of years. I guess uh, we're on the fifth year now, I believe, getting ready to get into the fifth year for Bubble GPS. Um, I am a programmer by trade. I'm more in the management side now. So I've always kind of been into this thing and I like doing things to make people's life easier, hopefully. Uh, so that's the, that's the objective here. All right. Yeah. I can tell you, definitely tell you that it, that your app made my life a million times easier on the big money rally <laughs> that app came, <laughs> came through and uh, was so nice to not have to write out the, the code of the day every, every time you took a picture, that was really awesome. So, um, I guess obviously you're a motorcyclist, but where, where did you come up with the idea to start kind of integrating your, your work life with your, with your hobby life? I am one of those people who, kind of enjoys what they do. You know, when I leave work, I end up doing more of work kind of things. So that really helps me, I think, into, into being able to just create things, which is really the part that I like, create new ideas. Um, but the Butler GPS part of it um, was actually exactly motorcycle-related um, it started off, I used to use a product from Google called Google Latitude that a lot of people used. It was free. Um, it, you know, it wasn't great, but it got the job done. And then came Google plus. And then came Google plus and they wiped it out, which actually (laughs) ended up being kind of somewhat fortunate for me. 
but I went on a trip. I went on a week-long trip. Um, I was finishing up my National Parks tour four or five years ago, I guess. And uh, my goal was to do my National Parks tour in three weekends and then a week of travel. And I took off, took off from the Philadelphia, New York area where I lived and was riding out west and got to, uh, got to Red Lodge, Montana and decided to check my spot while I'm at. And it was horrible. I had, I think I had six tracking points between, oh between New York and Red Lodge, Montana. Yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, it was horrible. Um, and personally, you know, not to make it overly dramatic, it was a little kind of devastating because I was on, at that point, what had been the ride of my life, and I had no track of it. Mm. And I stewed about it, and there was a little microbrewery there in Red Lodge, so I went and visited <laughs> that for the night, and uh, and got up the next morning and, and did Bear Tooth Pass at sunrise, and pulled over on the side of the road was just taking pictures and just in the back of my mind was this thing's not tracking me. I have no way to remember this trip. I'm on this beautiful road, you know, enough for me to pull over and take a picture, which isn't real normal for me. And I just sat there and kind of cleared my head and said, you know, I can't let this bother me. And right there on the side of the road and bear too fast and a pull off, I started putting together what was going to be bubbler GPS, probably half of what's in there now was figured out right there on the side of the road. Wow. So you want to, you want to talk a little bit about what goes into making an app? I mean, a lot of people, I mean, every, I think everyone's downloaded something on their phone and they like, Hey, this is free. What talk about how much time goes into it, how much effort, what specifically you're doing, how you're testing it. Kind of go into that, that detail there. Sure. I'd be happy to, um, quite a lot goes into it. I develop a little differently than what most, I think developers do. A lot of people are in it to do the money, you know, you get the money out of it, whether it's through ads or, or through downloads, um, and to get other people using the app. Um, quite honestly, Bubbler GPS started so I would have a way to track myself and it was never really going to be more than that. Um, so I started off kind of as a utility, which a bunch of my stuff has really started off that way for some, for me to just use personally. Um, when I got back from my trip, I, I really started thinking about it and putting some things down on paper, worked an enormous amount with Jason Jonas from, from Spotwala. At that point, um, it didn't have the capability for me to hook, in, to hook into it from the phone. And he was just fantastic through the whole part and wrote an additional, an additional piece of Spotwala that nobody knows about, uh, called, uh, the swappy, which is, uh, something he wrote behind the scenes to, to allow me to hook into it. Um, and one of the best parts of the entire process for me was that after I started putting it together, I sent an email out to the LD rider list asking if anybody was interested in you know, looking, looking at it and helping out from, from a user perspective, because what I would write for myself would be very different from what I think other people would expect to use out of an app. And I got the, uh, what started off as, as 12 people and grew to, to 14 over the space of a year. A focus group of sorts um, who really gave a lot of guidance um, at an international group of people, um, four different, five different countries, 
um, all different levels of experience, both technical and riding, and basically said, what would you do? You know, how would you use this? What are the problems? What do you think? And they were just fantastic through the process. Um, they helped me with a lot of testing, a lot of that. Um, it, the majority of it was written actually pretty quickly. Um, the base of what's there now was probably put together in three weeks, I guess, or four weeks um, for that. Now there's been a lot of additional little enhancements over time, but that group was that group was fantastic. That started in February, and I think we released it to the public in late April, early May, for the kind of the beginning of at least the East Coast rally season. And it's kind of taken on a life of its own. I didn't yeah. think I didn't think a hundred people would use it. And there's, I don't know, about I think it's been downloaded four thousand times now <laughs> in wow. forty countries or thirty yeah. countries like that. So it's been beyond my dreams for something I had never really intended for anybody else to see or use. But I'm definitely a user of it, and uh, I really find it useful for exactly the same reason why you wrote it that. I mean, you never know when your spot is actually going to give you where it is and it's only updating every 10 minutes and, and it's so nice to have, have that app going. And cause it, I mean, one, one thing you didn't mention is that even if you're not in cell phone range, it's still caching your, your location. And as soon as it gets a signal, it blasts it up to spot Walla. So it, uh, it's really nice. And I really, really appreciate that app. Well, that's, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you like it. And I love hearing feedback from people, whether people like it, whether they, you know, have new ideas. A lot of it's, it's been a very organic experience. Um, people just throwing out ideas and, you know, Hey, it'd be great if this would shoot off a text message to Fuelly. Some people use Fuelly to text to, to track their fuel mileage, you know, and little pieces like that get added. I try and keep it pretty as strictly as I can to tracking in Spotwalla. Um, I've had all kinds of requests, you know, for it to grow and add this feature, that feature, that feature, but try and keep it as simple as you can so that, you know, it just tracks people on motorcycle rides. Now, you know, there's other groups of people, you know, off-road four-wheelers, um, use it. People who sail around the world use it, that, that type of thing. Um, but it's really, it's intense just to be there so you don't have to worry about it and you can go back someday and, when it's snowy and icy out, <laughs> relive, relive your experiences, you know? So t- t- let's talk a little bit about your new app. What's it called? Uh, Centers um, is the newest app. Um, just kind of an idea I've been kicking around. Actually, it's a combination of two ideas I've been kicking around for a while. I'm going to restate that again. It's a combination of a lot of ideas I've had um, uh, going around. Um, I have a... I've, I've visited all the states, but I think Hawaii and Oregon, I think at this point, um, um, just kind of personally in my life. And I've got, I'm around 40 now on the motorcycle. And I just like that. I'd like to experience different parts of the country and see what, see what they have to offer because every, you know, every, every state's unique in its own way. So I'm planning a trip for 2016, but it's also more of a long-term thing beyond that because I have some uh, asterisks, I guess, on my state's visited map, if you say that. You know, I, on that Outlast trip I was talking about um, after the Beartooth Pass incident, 
you know, I shot across and I have a picture of my bike underneath the welcome to Idaho sign. But that's as far into Idaho as I got. So technically, I guess I'd been there, but I haven't seen Idaho. And it's been grating on me for a couple of years that that picture, actually, I, I ran across it about six months ago when I was going through some old photos. And it bothers me a little bit. So I decided that I would visit the center of every state. And I kind of restart restart my trip and try and get to actually the middle of every state, which will guarantee that I saw at least the way it's the way this app ended up working out. You know, you're, you're going to see half of the state, you know, to, to get to the, to get to the dead center, um, which is really what I want to do. I would just, it's one of the, my favorite things I love about motorcycling is that I get to see interesting, weird stuff, as I go down the road, sometimes it might be cities. Sometimes I may just pull over. I need to pull over for gas, and there I am at you know, the Colt Stadium in Indianapolis, something I never saw before. But so it's more than just the center. Of, it's more than just the center of the uh, of the state, isn't it? It's, it's other geographic centers of the United States too. Is yeah, yeah. So it's center of North America, center of the uh, continental forty eight, center of just the U.S. Um, it's based off of. Uh, in the sixties, I guess back when government was fun and had extra time, <laughs> they did a fun little study about, uh, um, you know, if you balanced each state kind of on that, on the, the head of a pin, so to speak, if you lifted it up off the map, like a puzzle piece, where would the balance point be? And they did that for a bunch of different areas. One of the interesting things is that there's a lot of states have markers, you know, historical markers saying that this is the center of the state. And underneath the bottom of the marker says, it's really not here. It's two miles to the way. <laughs> um, uh, so a couple people, when I started, I started talking about this idea on Facebook about a month or two ago. And, and people were like, yeah, I've been to the center. But when I went there, it said it really wasn't the center. Um, so I received that kind of several times and kind of noted that as I was doing some of the research. So did you did you find all these yourself? Or did you, I mean, how did you come, come about finding these? Um. I sourced a lot of information. So there is the 1964 study um, uh, by the Geological Survey, um, but that's pretty general stuff. So it says, you know, three miles east of this town in Minnesota type of thing. Um, and then some other people have gone through. There's some, uh, there's some Google Maps out there that people have put together based off of that, based off of other, you know, and other kind of research. So I went and collected basically what the consensus was across several of those public sources and sometimes just, you know, just made a, a decision. Sorry. Is there a, uh, a, a monument at each one of these or is it, you just drive down the road in the middle of Kansas and some of them, yeah, it's some of them, some of them have a monument. Some of them have a monument in admittedly the wrong place. Um, um, but yeah, I think a lot of it's just, you know, you might end up on a residential street in someone's front yard, and that doesn't float some people's boat. For, but for me, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's interesting because I know I'm in. I know I'm in the center, and the person who owns that house probably has no clue, you know, why I'm there. Or they're they're at the center, but I know it. I know where I am, and you know, there's nothing more frustrating than being on a rally and going to a bonus that isn't there anymore. Um, and for this, you know, the bonus is. 
a very well-defined GPS coordinate. So, you know, nobody can take it away from you. There's no daylight, only hours. You know, you're not looking at something on the wrong side of the street. It's just there so I can do it at my own time and, 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 uh, and kind of move through. So is it so, you, you ride up to the place and then wait for the, the, the green light to go on or something and hit hit the button, I'm here, and it sends your GPS coordinates in? Or how's that work? Yeah, exactly. You can do it from anywhere. Some of the objectives, you know, some of the fun, at least for me, would be to get as close as I can. Um, you know, we have a couple people doing it, and we've had, you know, one guy was three inches off from the GPS coordinates I provided. Three inches, which is ridiculous considering... You're talking about a phone with a tiny GPS chip, something that was never intended to be that accurate. Turn your phone around the other way and you might be right on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, three inches is, you know, that's that's crazy for a satellite that far up into the sky and <laughs> for you to get there and, and figure it out. Um, so at least for the Center's project, um, it'll show you how far away you are from every state, every, you know, every location. There's, there's, there's 53 locations currently in the U.S. Um, you know, if you want to claim it from six states away and that's good enough for you, then, then that's cool. <laughs> um, this is, you know, I'm not a judgmental type person, whatever you want to do. Um, for me, I want to try and get as close as I can. And when you get close, there's, you know, there's a button with a little direction arrow and it says, you know, Hey, over there, it gives you a countdown in, in yards or miles or however far away you are letting you know where it is. And, when you think you got as close as you want to go, you just hit the button that you claim it and uh, it shoots that information up to a server, which verifies the information and stores it. So you can go back and kind of look at your history, look at what you've done and put together. So is there like a, a public score sheet on this that you can, uh, you yep, can see yep, how, there's a, how you're doing? There's a website called centers.bubblergps.com. And in there, a bunch of reports, and it'll show you. It'll show you everything you claimed, and it'll show you people, the person who got the closest in each state. Um, it'll show you as well the average distance away that each individual person is. Um, that's what's there now. There's going to be a couple other reports that go up in there because people seem to love reports. Um, <laughs> You know, but there's going to be people, I think, who do it that, you know, don't care about that end or, you know, aren't competitive with it. They just want a way to track and say, yep, I was there. This is exactly where I was. Um, just kind of for their own purposes. I think there's also going to be some type A people who, <laughs> if somebody gets one yard closer, you know, than what In they did. In this community, no way. I, I refuse yeah. to believe that there, there would be that kind of competition. <laughs> And if somebody gets one yard closer to you, you're going to get on your bike and you're going to drive, you know, you're going to ride 900 miles to that state <laughs> and you beat them by four inches and get the bragging rights. I think that's great. You know, however people want to use it, you know, that's fine with me. Like I said, I'm, I'm doing it for a trip I'm doing next year and just because I have interest in it. If other people want to, if other people want to do it as well and make them happy, then I am all for it. So, so is it the same kind of deal with Bubbler GPS, where if you're, if there's no data signal at where you're at, it'll just cache it until you get get oh, somewhere? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This one doesn't use really any any network at all, except for a tiny little. I mean, a really tiny little one kilobyte packet that gets sent to the server. If you're at a if you're at a range, it'll just sit there and hold it. And then when you get back in range or get home to your Wi-Fi, you just say, "All right, send it and upload it to the server." So where can um, I find it? 
Uh, it is in the Google Play Store for now. There's an iPhone app being written for it. Um, when that'll be released, I don't, I don't know when that one will be done, but it's underway. It's listed as Centers by Bubbler GPS on Android. You can go to the website, and it's listed on there as well. Are you charging for it, or is there a free one? No, 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 no. That's free. Wow. Uh, um, and see how it goes. I, I have a couple other ideas with it. Um, one of my hassles is really is Apple, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, it, it's, I mean, I have so many interesting stories, and, and you know, my my personal therapist is Reno John with with, with the big money <laughs> rally. But I had all you would not believe the hassles that Apple put me through. I mean, a lot of it was just because of the name of the big money rally, but they are yeah. they're unbelievable. You know, this is gambling. You know, what do you mean you're encouraging people to use a phone on a motorcycle? You know, I, I got that big money rally app that rejected, not for code. There's a whole set of specifications you have to meet for Apple. I met all the code things, but they rejected it on five different, five. I think it was five different occasions getting a big money rally. Did they at least app. tell you why? Well, you get a note from someone who does not appear to be in the United States that basically says, there's no reasons to send pictures to people with an app that should use email. Um, um, we use the app and we don't understand, we don't understand what a bonus is. Um, where's the money? I mean, there's just a whole list of them. And just like, my God, come on. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. John was, John was really patient with my, with my frustration. He's doing great stuff there um, in the BMR. Anything kind of do to, to help that process. He's bringing a lot of new technology and, yeah. and thoughts um, into play there, and we thought maybe an, an app would help, and it's, it's been received pretty well over there. That app for the BMR is worth about 20 times the $1.99 we charge for it. It's that thing just how, not just in paper savings alone for not having to write down the uh the code of the day. I yeah, it was worth it for me. I really really love that app. That's really intent. I mean, I I I subscribe to, you know, I, people should be out there having fun. You know, I don't ride my motorcycle to stress out. I don't rally to stress out. I'm there to have a great time doing the thing that you know, one of the things I love to do most in this world. So I can bring a little bit of that to other people for something I, you know, enjoy doing when it's the nice thing about BMR is I'm usually snowed in here, the roads are full of ice and I can't have as much fun as the West Coast guys have. <laughs> um, like the whole camaraderie, so sit there and do a little bit of scoring, do a little bit of programming and hopefully it makes people's lives easier. Heck yeah. You got any other apps you're working on or just yeah, concentrating I, on these for now? Well yeah. I have I have a couple more. The center's thing's really just the first try. There's a couple issues I think with I don't want to call them issues. I have some visions of how to maybe do things a little bit differently in the future. The next one that's coming out that I started working on is similar to centers in 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 some regards. It'd be a very similar app and, and similar website but it's based off of latitude and longitude where they cross. So it's two degrees, every two degrees of longitude and every five degrees of latitude, there'll be a, basically a bonus location. 
Um, that one's going to differ a little bit that you have to get within, I don't know. I haven't decided yet how close. But then people can kind of track, and that'll make it more of a worldwide game. So there's right now there's about 8,000 bonus locations for that. Wow. Um, so if you get close and, you know, again, again, not everybody's into that kind of thing. Some people are, you know, if you're traveling around the world and you're in an airplane and you happen to be cross, crossing an intersection, um, you know, of, of a major coordinate intersection, then you can grab it and kind of look at your travels and see what's left as you knock the bricks off of that. Um, that's really kind of the next step. Um, one of the things I'm playing with, I, I, BMR really tries to attempt to do this because for people who ride, you know, well, I'll call them traditional rallies, but the rallies we all do, and I, I, the scoring process is not fun. I've no. had the opportunity <laughs> to score quite a number of rallies, both both BMR and and kind of traditional rallies here on, on, on the East Coast. It's not a ton of fun for the scores. It's great to talk to the riders and to come around to repark. Um, but it's a lot of work. And as a rider, after you've been on the the road for 24, 36 hours, you know, sitting in a hallway for two hours isn't all that much fun, you know, waiting, waiting for your score sheet to go. So part of what I'd like to do with this is some ideas I have is to kind of, the idea is really to use maybe technology like this in conjunction with don't change the way regular rallies work, but to maybe get some of the pre-scoring part done. Yeah. So you're given a coordinate to go here and take a picture of the giant ball of string. Right. So let's just use that as an example. So you go to the giant ball of string, you take a picture. Now you show up at the scorer's table. You have to find your picture. The scorer has to look up in the book to see what it is, figure out whether you're actually there and then pull up a score sheet, scroll to line 214 for giant ball of string and start entering some values. Right. I mean, that's the way these things work. So part of the idea is if, if the scorer sat down at the table and already has his list trimmed down to the 41 bonuses you visited because you were within a hundred yards of the coordinates that the rally master gave you, then in theory, the scoring would go a lot faster and the scoring part would turn into just the picture verification part. And the scorer would have right at their fingertips rather than the full rally pack. You know, all right, here's the objective. Did you get the picture? You know, did you include your motorcycle? Did you get the right bat? Yeah. You know, all those, all those stories and just focus on that part and maybe a little less of the paperwork side. So I don't I know, know if it'll ever get there, but... I know one thing I really enjoyed on the BMRX was the fact that, I mean, I said, I think I hit refresh on my iPad about 150,000 times because I was watching where the other riders were around me and who was getting what and looking at where they were on spot walla and say, okay, they're probably going after this bonus and then refresh. Okay. They got that. And so that means I'm, so I'm, I'm mentally calculating where I'm going to finish as I'm, as I'm going along. And uh, that to me, that added just a ton to the rally and, and while you were while you were in it, and you knew right then who won the rally. Yeah, and that really added BMRX really added an interesting twist to things. You know, while it's very similar to BMR, 
you know, being time-based, yeah, you could kind of look, adjust plans, see what's going on, get yourself motivated because I can see how many points Justin has and it's halfway through and I need to up my game. Yeah. I thought that was a great rally. I thought I thought I thought John did a really really good job for taking a national rally, making it making it as fair as you can. Yeah, yeah. It, I had such a kick, such a kick in the pants on that rally. Let alone the roads I rode in. Man, riding the riding the dragon for points. Man, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, hey, on this uh, on this podcast, we ask every guest the same series of twelve questions. You game to go. Uh, absolutely. All right. This is our LD dozen. The first question in the LD dozen is, "What was your first motorcycle and why?" My first motorcycle I rode today. It is a 1982 Suzuki TS750T. That was a Whoa. bit of a basket case when I got it, and I love that motorcycle. Why was that your first motorcycle? <laughs> I woke up one morning and said, "I'm going to ride a motorcycle." And I started looking up on Craigslist and saw it, thought it was pretty cool, grabbed the mechanic and said, what's wrong with this bike? And he said all kinds of stuff. And I said, well, can you at least get it running so I can get it home and learn to work on it? And uh, he got it running. It had been kind of, it was basically a barn find. It had been sitting there for 10 years unused. And uh, you did it. I'd never ridden a motor. I, I rode four wheelers and, and mountain bikes and all that type of thing, but I'd never ridden a motorcycle before. Went, picked it up, figured out how to ride it, sprayed some WD-40 and PV blaster on the chain to get it loosened up and rode it home. The rest is history. All right, where was your first overnight ride? My first over, I was trying to think about this. I think my first overnight ride was I did a trip to Nova Scotia. Nice. um, To ride the Cabot Trail. Went up through New England, through a hurricane, yeah, it was it was a beautiful thing. It started a quest that I've been on for a long time, a hundred thousand miles or so to to find a moose, and it's still unsuccessful. Well, if you go to uh, Idaho, you find a moose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been to Idaho. Remember? Oh, that's um, yeah, I've been all over. I you know Canada, northern Quebec, as far as you could go. I can't find those things. I think I'm going to see it. <laughs> I think I'm going to see a squatch before I find a moose. It's just one of these things. All right, what what is your we already already covered this, but what's your day job? Um, I'm the director of technology for a small market research firm and we specialize in helping companies retain their customers and their employees. Nice. And what's your favorite non-motorcycling hobby? I'm a single parent, so I, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, being a father to my little girl, uh, nice. which I really like. But I, uh, I'm a pretty avid outdoorsman, I guess. I, I hunt and fish and hike and, and uh, do all that kind of thing. And like I said before, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate that I also have the computer bug, and yeah, that's that's what I do. Nice. All right, what's your favorite road? Around here, anything without traffic. <laughs> um, um, I don't, you know, which isn't far off the truth because that's really why I got into long distance riding. Because just you know, living, I live seventy miles due west of New York City, so you know, it's it's the traffic capital that 
people hate to come to, but it's yeah. just my life and long distance riding really got me, it got me, you know, it allows me to get out of here and get away from the traffic and, and, uh, and that kind of stuff. Um, I've had the opportunity to ride, you know, the, the national listed roads and do all that, but I've got, uh, I've got a little road around here called lower Smith's gaps road that, that when I can get a break and my kid goes for a sleepover, I go run up and run that and, it has everything I want in a road. I love it. All right. On the flip side, what's your least favorite road? Anything numbered one or nine that's not in that's not in Canada. I can, I just I refuse to take either one of those roads. <laughs> or, uh, or in the Philadelphia area, anything with a number of 76. There you go, yeah. <laughs> which is every single road. <laughs> All right. You a base camp guy, Microsoft Streets and Trips, or you like paper maps? Oh my God, base camp by a mile. I love base camp. All right, Street if you get a trip, I tried, but it's no avail. Yeah. If you got a new motorcycle today, what's the first Farkle you're going to put on it? <laughs> I'm a phone programmer. First thing I'm going to put it is a Burns Moto USB port. <laughs> <laughs> that's the yeah, first time that's, that's been, that's, that's the first time that's come up. <laughs> And then I'll go for a wrestle seat and everything else that I have, but yeah. yeah. It's, you need power. Yep. All right. So what's your current motorcycle or current motorcycle? I, I have a two, my, my primary kind of long distance bike. I have a 2008 Triumph Tiger, um, 1050 that I just love. It fits me. It's fun. The whole deal. Um, so that's my primary road bike. And then like I said, I still have the 30 some year old Suzuki that I commute on every day. So nice. I split I split mileage between them. All right, what was your uh, what was your first rally? My first rally was the Team Lyle, New Jersey. Uh, first year they ran it, probably three or four years ago. How'd you do? Uh, and it was a great rally. I came in second place by like eight points to uh, a guy who was prepping for the IBR for the next year, who finished by the name of Jim Abbott, and I just had a blast and pretty much was hooked from that point forward. Nice. All right. What's uh, your favorite or most interesting location you visited on your motorcycle? Oh God, there's so many. Um, yeah, I had a really fun bonus of maybe not be interesting to people this summer. I did, uh, did another team mile rally in, uh, in new England. Actually, Jim, Ab- Jim Abbott was the rally master for a co-rally master. And one of the bonuses was on a 12 mile long, I don't even know if you call it a road, basically a goat trail and it was a rusty <laughs> sign nailed to a tree. I have no idea how Jim found it, but you know, I just, I had a blast on the road. It was raining. It was a really rough road and I was really proud of myself, but not quite as proud. You know, at, at the end when I found out one of the, one of the East coast rallies out here, Ken Amen, um, he did it two up on a gold wing. I still don't know how he did it. Um, <laughs> Because it was GSs that were struggling with it, I I worked it hard. That guy can that guy can run a gold wing. I'll tell you. Sounds like it. All right, last question: uh, How do you pass the time on a long ride? You listen to music, audiobooks, just sit and watch the flowers go by. What you doing? I I think I like listening to music through my helmet almost as much as I like riding a motorcycle. It just it's the perfect pair for me. I love music. I, you know, when Senior came out with that with that Bluetooth headset, it was <laughs> you know, one of my favorite inventions, and I just love it. I absolutely love it. 
being, you know, being stuck there in my own world inside my helmet, my, me, my motorcycle, and some great scenery with, you know, the playlist of my life. I just love it. I can't nice. listen to audio books. I can't do any of that other stuff. But I do do that. All right. Well, you've completed the LD Dozen, and uh, thank you very much for being on Long Riders Radio. Anything else you want to uh, want to talk about before I let you go? No, I think that's it. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. All right, sounds good. Well, that is Joel Tolbert. That's yeah, uh, you can reach him at bubblergps.com, and he's on uh, on Facebook and you on Twitter or anything like that too. I I have a Twitter account. I don't use it. I don't think, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bubble All GPS. right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on Long Riders Radio. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. All right. Thanks again to Joel for coming on and uh, telling us all about the cool apps he's got. Um, I'll put links on the website to both the Centers app and Bubbler GPS. And uh, you can always hit Joel up on uh, Facebook. You'll find him at JT Bubbler on there. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode of Long Riders Radio. As always, we need to thank this show's founder, Mr. Michael Cox. You know, you wouldn't know it to look at him, but Mike Cox is a huge fan of the boy band One Direction. In fact, they came through uh, Oklahoma City last week, and he went to their concert, and when he came out, he said, That group was fantastic. Thanks, everyone. Ride safe. a rally with a call-in bonus, the rally master feels compelled to call him. He once did a saddle sore in reverse. He intentionally misses bonuses, just to even the odds. He once did an ultimate coast-to-coast because it was on the way. He is the most interesting writer in the world. I don't always contribute to podcasts, but when I do, I contribute to Longriders Radio. Ride safe, my friends.